Welcome to the Prime Life Project Podcast, a place to help you unlock your full potential, both mentally and physically, to become the best version of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Prime Life Project Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel James. And today, oh, I've just been having an amazing chat off air. I've been learning myself before we even start this podcast. So I know that the value that you guys are going to get today is going to be absolutely immense. Um, I've done a lot of stuff on spirituality and stuff before, but what we're going to talk about today uh, goes a little bit deeper than that. Uh, again, we're going to try and keep it uh, on, on a level. We're not going to go too deep today, but I know the value that you're going to get from today's episode is going to be absolutely profound. So it might be a bit of a note-taking day. So again, if you're driving, uh, maybe Maybe pull over, uh, get pen and paper out if you need to take some notes. But my guest today is Jeanette Lewis, and she's an oracle, which, by the way, that is the coolest thing ever. Like, we're going to talk about that in a second, but again, an oracle, like, I just instantly think of the Matrix. So she's an oracle, spiritual life coach, and business strategist, and she's the founder and CEO of Inner Sun Alchemy, LLC. She's... Uh, which is an institute that creates cultural change through consciousness, change by developing leadership in visionaries and change makers. Good morning. How are we? (laughs) We're doing great. (laughs) We're just just talking about coffee off air. So again, straight away, we've already got this connection. So I know straight away, this is going to be a a good episode. Um, But let's just dive straight into this because um, can you give my audience a bit of a background into who you are? Because like I said, the word Oracle, again, most Mm -hmm. people will think Matrix. Most people will will have no idea of what it actually is. So mm-hmm. how did you get into this Oracle spiritual life coaching business space? How did that all come about? So for me, I've actually always been spiritually inclined. Um, I've always been searching for higher knowledge in whether I was growing up in religion or exploring other spiritual practices. Um, so that that has been in place since I was a kid through adulthood and to now. Um, and the call for business though didn't come until 2017. Um, I was actually having a really beautiful time with the goddesses during Lenten season, and it ended up syncing up uh, exactly with the Venus retrograde, for those of you who are into astrology. And I got the download for the business, Innocent Alchemy, like it came as an assignment. And a couple months later, I ended up losing my job. So it was a, it wasn't a thing on the side. It had to become the thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the situation was a very pivotal shift in my life. Um, but with that journey, Uh, it helped me to really understand who I am as a spiritual person and the gifts and talents that I bring to this greater industry, if you will, the spiritual Mm -hmm. industry. Um, And so it took a a while for me to land on what an oracle is and using that as my name, because like, I'm not a priestess, I'm not just coaching all those things. But For me, when people ask like what an oracle is, I say that it's basically someone who sits at the threshold of the mysteries. Mm -hmm. So I am always turned towards the divine, towards that which is bigger than myself and is deeply curious and wanting to learn. Um, But one of the things that makes me unique that you'll probably find compared to other people is I'm really good at being able to take those divine mysteries and explain them in a way and provide practical application for them from people because it's like, you know, we can't just have our head in the clouds and be in bliss. I mean, we do need that because it refreshes our our mental space and our spirit, Um, but we also still have to live a regular life. Mm. Um, And so like being able to to basically have a foot in both worlds of both the practical and the spiritual is the work of an oracle. Mm. Um, And so 
yeah, that's that's what that is. <laughs> do, do, do you find that that's potentially where the spiritual community gets a bad name because people think that it's just people just sat there not really doing much when actually really like you hear things all the time don't you oh you can't drink and be spiritual you can't be this and be spiritual it's that whole sort of stigma behind it where it's like well actually what's wrong with having a business and wanting to actually better yourself and be spiritual like you can do both there's no sort of right or wrong but I feel like sometimes like the spiritual community it's like it's like with anything really when people go to extremes and try to oh no you have to do it this way you have to be this you have to be that do you find that's quite a thing that people uh like a stigma that it gets yeah, and, and I think that's also what turns people off from doing a deeper dive is because they see people who are deeply spiritual, but they're so disconnected from life, and they don't actually want to emulate or embody that lifestyle for themselves, um, or even that just that way of living, because you don't have to take on the same lifestyle as somebody, but it's like, if you see that someone doesn't know how to function in the modern world, and they have struggles with that, like, why would you want to be like that person? Exactly. Um, so I think it's it's a it points to a lack of spiritual maturity for those who are facilitators to not be able to walk in both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so much of the thing of like leaving the matrix, mm-hmm. right, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but the point is to be able to play the matrix. That is exactly this. What this we're trying to say to people at times, like. Again, it's like the Matrix says, like, once you understand what we're living in and how the game is played and how things are set up and da da da, you're then not a victim of it anymore. You're back in control. But the problem is people are so fixed in it, they feel lost and hopeless. But as you said, it's like, right, you remove yourself from the Matrix. Okay, great. But you still have to live in the Matrix. Just come back as Neo. Just understand like you can do all these cool things once you know the rules of the game, if that makes sense. So can we just like define them? What is spirituality? I know that people, for different people, it means different things. But for you yourself, uh, what is spirituality and what kind of role has it played in your life? Because I personally believe that everyone has the ability to be spiritual. Like, like we are spiritual beings. That's my, that's my personal belief. But I feel like, again, the matrix that we live in, the world that we live in, um, people's ability to tap into this in my opinion, has been purposefully suppressed. So what actually is spirituality and how can people actually start to tap into this a little bit? So spirituality simply for me is the relationship with that which is bigger than yourself, that which is just beyond your understanding. The codification of that, you know, when you get taught different processes or ways to kind of talk tap in or things to use, tools to use, that can be rituals, that can be religion, like that's codification of spirituality. It's not a bad thing, which is why there's so many of them because everybody has different ways of tapping in, but the pure essence of the relationship with something that is beyond your understanding with that which is bigger than you, whether that is nature, understanding the you know the animals, uh, spirits, ancestors, um you know different names of deities and working with them and all of that like that it can run the gamut but that's simply the relationship with something bigger than yourself and that the root of that can be really scary for people because we want to have control we want to know and so being at that threshold of like oh i'm going to be having a relationship with something that i truly don't know and i don't have a frame of reference for can be (laughs) deathly scary um but that's actually what it is because it should be stretching you into something um, beyond your understanding and if you if you shift your perspective to one of curiosity 
which, you know, a lot of the um, yoga masters out of the East will say, you know, having the beginner's mind or being in a childlike state. That's really what that means. It's being curious. It's like, oh, what is this? Hmm. It's just putting to the side that, you know, I know I don't know everything. Like, what, what is this? What's the possibility that's presented here? Doesn't mean I have to take it on. Doesn't mean I have to like it. But can I be curious about what's here? Because this universe is so big. That's the big thing for me is, is looking at everything that happens in life. And this is the thing that just really helped change my life is when I'm looking at anything in my life, it's like there's a bigger thing here at play that I don't quite understand. There's a lot of stuff recently that's happened in my life. And I'm just like, the universe is happening for me. Like this is happening for me to do stuff. And especially when you, you again, you talk about there about just changing your mindset, like just reframing challenges. And it's like, it's happening for me to help me grow. And I look at any, again, you probably have this in your, your own life. Like for me, the, the, the hardest times in my life, it's actually when I grew the most. It's like the universe was giving me those challenges to be like, right, well, you think you've got this level sussed, right? You've got to go beat this big bad boss like in a computer game to then level up and go to the next level. And that's kind of what it is. Like the, the universe will only give you what you can handle. And it's really bizarre when, you, again, I know people listen to this, maybe struggling, and it sounds a bit, when, when you're stuck in something so dark and you, you can't get your head above water, when you hear people say this, but I promise you that anything you're going through right now, like the universe is doing it for you to help you out. Do you agree with that as well? Like that these challenges are here to help us get stronger and grow? Well, so it depends on the context. I think for most of us living in the West, we have the privilege to be able to explore that because our basic needs are being taken care of. Yes. Um, exploring spirituality is something that is available for those who have basic needs met, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Being able to consider something bigger than yourself can only happen when the body is not in fight or flight, right? Because when it's in fight or flight, it's like, okay, do I have shelter? Do I have food? Yep. Am I safe? Yep. That's your spirituality. Yep. Once those are taken care of, spirituality can expand to other things of, am I being expressed fully? Am I living an authentic life? Like that, that's how that flowers. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important to frame how spirituality can look depending on the context that you find yourself in. And all of those different contexts are holy. Right. Um, now, as it relates for us, us being able to have these conversations about personal development and empowerment and things like that. Yes, they are working for us. And a question that I, I like to pose to my clients is, you know, when things are coming up to instead of being like, oh, how am I attracting this to me? You know, this negative situation, ask instead, how am I using this to strengthen myself? Because you know what you're doing at a deeper level. Right. So how are you using this to strengthen yourself? Because it's going to be what it's going to be. But just as you know, for those who like to work out like myself in the gym, you know, you need resistance in order to grow. Like you're not going to have a shift in your body composition. You're not going to have a shift in your strength if you're not pushing against something. So how are you using this to strengthen yourself? And that helps you to tap into your power because you shift into a place of um, choosing rather than reacting to what's in front of you. I think that's because it's a choice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's the biggest thing. People don't think they have a choice. Right. Situations will come to them. I think that's where people do in their life tend to feel a bit stuck and out of control because they don't think that they have a choice. But you mm -hmm. always have a choice. You, even yeah. doing nothing is still a choice. Yes. But people don't realize that that's one of the things there. And I love one of your biggest things is about empowerment. Right, that's a big thing. That, that, I love that word. Like it, it's something I use in a lot of my businesses is empowerment. Um, but it's used a lot nowadays. Like people talk about empowerment. Um, what does that mean? And why is it so important? 
for people to feel empowered when they're trying to take back control. Because I think this is one of the biggest things for me. It's like, I think you, um, I believe you're very much similar to me. Like we're just guides. Like when we're working with clients, they're the superhero in their story. So we're not telling them what to do. Like we're just guiding them, essentially empowering them. Why is it so important for people to be empowered in life? So it's important because there, there has to be a shift around this, um, this idea and concept of power in general, because usually when we talk about power and control, it's power over someone else or something else. And empowerment is empowerment, right? It's internal. So it's power of self over self, because that's all you have control over. You may have influence over those things that are actually under your, what I like to say, jurisdiction or responsibility, right? Like you're responsible for paying your car payment and your mortgage. And all. Like it's your responsibility because you've taken it on. Mm -hmm. But outside of what your jurisdiction is, it's you. That's all you have control over. So where people are disempowered is they are trying to make their partnership show up in a different, in a certain kind of way. They're trying to make their job show up in a certain kind of way. They're trying to make their business show up in a certain kind of way. Instead of shifting to how am I showing up? Where's my authenticity? What choices am I making? Am I being consistent with uh, what I say is important to me through my actions or no? Because that's actually what is showing the truth of what I care about, what I value. And so that's, that's the shift for um, true empowerment. It's not aggression. It's not, oh, look at me. I would say it's not even confidence. Empowerment is actually courage. So the difference between confidence and courage is Confidence is a sense of self-worth and value, which we all need, but courage is I will take action in alignment with what's authentic for me in the midst of my fear, in the midst of something that is not comfortable. And so what people are really wanting is courage, but that comes from empowerment because you have to be like, okay, I know I have agency, I have choice in whatever options are available to me in this moment. And so I'm going to do that. And that's what builds that, mus that muscle for courage. That's what builds that power and, and passion and fire, um, not confidence. Mm -hmm. not confidence. Uh, would you say that's what people um, struggle so much with self-worth and self-esteem is that they aren't empowering themselves. And they, I think everyone knows deep down their best version of themselves, their true authentic self but they don't have the courage to live that. It's that favorite, well, from a famous quote by Nelson Mandela, like our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate, it's that we are um, bright um, from comprehension. That's an amazing quote. Like I think that's one of the biggest things people like they dampen their own light and because they're not being congruent with the kind of person that they want to be, it then leads them to being a bit empty and lost and stuck. Does that make sense? Is that something you found with people as well? They play yeah, small? Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's more that they initially get dampened because, you know, when we are growing up, we, we learn how to love ourselves and show up in the world based off of how our parents raise us and how they behave and act themselves. So if they aren't operating from an empowered place, we're just going to model that. That's the first line of defense. And then whatever we are being exposed to at our schools growing up, with the kids we're around, with the culture, like that all influences. So that actually does a lot of the dampening. Mm. And then we just continue that in adult life. And because the idea of showing up differently, uh, well, not the idea, because showing up differently scares us so much, 
um, we don't realize that it's it's tapping into a fear of being separate from receiving love or having community that we the little that we have. Mm. So it's kind of like this is not the greatest, but I want to stay in my comfort zone because at least I have company here. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Like at least I have people that I call friends, but they're really acquaintances. At least I have a partner, but I'm not really fulfilled here, but I have somebody around. And when you start to step into a place of empowerment, it's necessarily going to create separation from what's been comfortable. And that's a deep human, like primal fear that we have as being separated from the pack because it's like, oh, I won't survive if I'm not in community, which, you know, is real on some level, but we have to really be able to see like, oh, okay, this, there are other communities that I can choose to build for myself. Mm. Um, and then I have the capacity to do that. I don't have to stay here. Choosing myself doesn't mean I no longer get to have love or I no longer get to have um, affirmation from people that I value in my life, et cetera. I think, I think that's the biggest thing, isn't it? That a lot of people, they don't necessarily love themselves. So what they're trying to do, they're trying to love other people around them. I said, hold on to that. But as you said, especially this one thing, I bash social media a lot and technology a lot because of what it does, but it has got some amazing uh, positives. For example, connecting people. So you may mm-hmm. feel completely lost, but now more than ever, you can find people that do happen to like a certain um, color of Lego or something weird. Like there's people out there that are as weird as you. And it's like, you're not alone. But I think the yeah. biggest thing, you've hit on a few things here about like, uh, I feel like for me, a lot of people are afraid of themselves. I said, doing that deep work and just being by themselves. Like if you put most people on a desert island by themselves, they would have no concept of what to do because they haven't ever spent time with themselves. So do you find that doing this inner work, becoming empowered, and then linking that with spirituality and understanding that there is a higher power, higher energy, whatever you choose to believe in, do you find that's quite comforting for people? Because that, this sounds bizarre. For me, I take great comfort in knowing that there's a greater energy and power there. Does it, does, am I making sense here? Do you find that people have that as well? Because I like, I, I'm cool by myself because there is a bigger thing to look after me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, you know, it's going to depend on the person because for some, they'll find the refuge in that. And then for others, it will, it will be scary because they need like real practical proof, right? Mm-hmm. And so for those folks, actually for everybody, but especially for those folks, it's important for them to have direct experience um, so those will, those are people who really need to have a teacher who need to have a guide rather than doing that on their own, because their mindset will, um, skew them to being like, okay, this isn't going to work because I'm not seeing it like a physical manifestation of a thing. And it's like, well, no, you actually have to develop a, a intense amount of sensitivity in your body mm-hmm. in your mind and openness. It requires a lot more flexibility and adaptability, but for many folks, yeah, it's a refuge because it's like, if if what you're seeing doesn't make sense and then being open to something else that makes sense, it does bring peace because what you're tapping into is not something that's chaotic. It's not constructed by human thoughts. It's just the way of life. It is just nature and nature is always ordered. It's always cyclical. And when you spend enough time with that and you realize like, oh, it's actually going to be okay because I'm noticing the patterns and you find safety in what seems to be change, but you understand it like, oh no, this is actually just how the universe works. And if I just stay here long enough, then what I need will come around to me mm. or I'll, I'll know when to take action and et cetera. 
Mm-hmm. That's you've got to be. People say the universe isn't talking to them. It's because, as you said, the universe is always giving you signals and signs, but you have to be open to it. And that's one of the biggest things that I've found myself recently. Again, I've gone through a lot of um, stuff in the last couple of weeks that's caused me to be knocked off course quite a bit. And again, my meditation practice has taken a bit of a hit. But then I noticed that I wasn't as open to things. Like I wasn't, again, you, I think you understand this, I wasn't receiving as much information as I normally would. And it le- led me to be a little bit lost. But I realized, again, it's because my, my, my attention, my energy had been shifted on such mm-hmm. a level, I hadn't really noticed that. And again, a lot of people there, they, you, you also tapped on something else there where you said that people, again, they hear things about the law of attraction without really understanding what it is, the law of love. Then they just expect, oh, well, I, I'm thinking about this thing, it should just appear. But that's not really how the universe works. It doesn't just give you this thing. It, it gives you the direction for you to get this thing. And it might be a bit of a roundabout way, but it's the best way for you to do it. You want to go in a straight line, but off the edge of that straight line is a cliff. The universe is like, no, 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 just go a little bit of a detour this way, come back on yourself a little bit, and we'll get you there eventually. It's, but it, yeah. it's always presenting itself. We have to be open to it. Again, like, it's, like the story about how me and Mikey became connected, it's like just completely on the off chance, but I was open to receiving this thing. And then next thing you know, it like me and Mikey are best friends now. It's the universe is always there. You've got to be open to it. So, how do we open ourselves up to that? I know we're going completely a bit off topic here, but. <sighs> Being open to the universe, how do, how, do we, how do people even begin to be open to that? Well, so what I tell people is get back to your basics, get to the foundation. And that starts with the body. Like that's, that's always where you have to start. Um, and I know it seems basic, but this is actually the place where everyone tends to fall off, especially when things are going good, really good, or really bad. So go to bed at the same time every night. <laughs> wake up at the same time every morning i'm glad Um, i I thought i was the only one that said that to people i listen everyone laughs at me my alarm goes off at 9 p.m every night and says get ready for bed and people think i'm nuts i'll be on dates and my alarm will go off and they're like what's that like that's my bedtime alarm they think i'm they think i'm nuts (laughs) i'm so glad you said that (laughs) but it's like it's but the thing is again like i said earlier the universe is structured nature is structured so there actually is not chaos Um, And in order for you to flourish, in order for any plant to flourish, there actually has to be a container. (laughs) There has to be like timed watering and sunlight, like there's a rhythm to things. So if you're not setting a container for um, safety and sameness, you unconsciously are putting yourself in a place of fight or flight. And you're looking to, you know, deflect attack rather than being open. Like that, that openness and that freedom that you're seeking is actually found through discipline, mm. right? So getting back to the basics of, you know, adequate sleep, making sure that you are um, eating what you need to keep yourself um, nourished and, and vital, drinking enough water, like it seems so basic, but it's so important because again, it, it creates that baseline. And then from there, yes, you need to have meditation practice, 30 minutes, at least in the morning, but if you can do it at night as well too. Um, spending time in nature is gonna be important. One of the things that I like to tell folks to, to do, especially depending on their um, astrology chart, is to have a non-human day. Mm. And that's a day when you are not giving to anyone. You're not seeing anybody, you're not on your phone, you're not on the, you know, the, the laptop or anything, and you just have a day of rest. You might go out, be in nature, but you need the time to decompress and recalibrate to your natural state without all the input, without all the consumption that happens. Um, give yourself time to digest everything that's that's going on. Um, but yeah, start with yourself because again, that's the empowerment piece. 
oftentimes people will be like, well, how do I know this is true? How can I tap into my inner wisdom, my intuition, my higher self, or, or how can I, um, you know, trust what I'm picking up about a person, a situation, or what have you? And that's relationship that's going to come through your body. And if you're not even paying attention and being, for lack of a better word, responsible for you, then you won't be able to know. You won't be able to know what your inner voice sounds like. You won't be able to know what your soul speaking to you sounds like. And so you're going to be, again, disempowering yourself and allowing something outside of you to tell you what's good for you rather than checking in and being like, okay, how do I actually feel about this? What is my intuition telling me? Because mm. it sounds for everywhere. Action, yeah. When people get like good feeling and stuff, don't they? But again, if you're not paying attention to it, like it literally, when you feel it, you can't not feel it. But again, right. that, like the vibrational frequencies, like if you're on such a low vibrational frequency, you're so, again, your head's so in your phone, like mm -hmm. there'll be, again, let's use a date example. You'll be on a date with someone and there'll be so many red flags and there'll be so many signs and signals and your body will be telling you these things, but mm -hmm. you'll be ignoring them. You won't be in tune with it. But as you said, once you know how your body feels, what it's yes. meant to feel like, you will pick up when someone is draining your energy. You will literally be in their presence and you will mm -hmm. feel that your energy is being drained by that person, by that situation. And then you can do something about it. I just want to tap into something you said about discipline as well, because that's when I talk about my clients all the time. Discipline, mm -hmm. because for me, people think discipline is boring methodical but for me it gives you freedom it's the exact opposite because if you're disciplined on the basics it gives you freedom like in the morning if you have a structured routine that gets you into a good place i call it putting on your suit of armor like it gets you in that state where you're ready to take on the world you are empowered you have the freedom to do what you want to do whereas if you're rushing if you're late you can't find your car keys you can't find your phone you can't find all these things like you're you've lost complete freedom because you're wasting your time energy and effort trying to do things that should be just normal and natural, if that makes sense. Like, I think it's yeah. a big thing. Like, I've never known anyone really talk. I think the first guest on the podcast really spoke about the basics like that. Like, I talk about it a lot, but I've never had a guest that's come on and actually spoke about that because it's such a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, but that, again, that speaks to, um, circling back to what we uh, touched on earlier, spiritual maturity. Mm. And this is how you can tell with people if they are practically applying spiritual principles, because if you are somebody who is calling yourself a spiritual leader or in that position, your life should be modeling how life is and life is ordered. Mm. You know, like it's not haphazard <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's like, it's you, you don't even have to, um, you know, have a big degree or like, you know, be, be studying for years and years. You can just literally have nature be your teacher. Mm. And there is a specific timing for everything. Mm. Everything happens for a reason and it is purposeful. So if you're not bringing that conscious awareness to how you structure your day, how you go about choosing what goals you're going to go after, et cetera, then you're just playing. Absolutely. And again, you, you, like, it's like go down the river of life. Like you can't, you've got to go down the river of life. You can't do anything that's going. But if you, you've got two choices, you can't let the river just take you and you end up where the river takes you, or you can consciously steer your boat in the direction you want it to go in. So again, you've got a choice. And again, it reminds me of that Bible story about the wise man that built his house on the sand. So again, we'll talk to people all the time when it comes to these, these habits and disciplines. Like, as you said before, before you do any of this empowerment work, you need to have the basics dialed in. And then from there, you can then build on top of that. So my thing is when I say to clients, like you've got your non-negotiables, your core principles. And again, be like the wise man that built his house on the rock. Like you want those solid things and then you can build this amazing life from that. Whereas a lot of people try and do all these crazy things, but their foundations are made up of just rubbish and the slightest mm -hmm. gust of wind or anything like that, the slightest deviation from this quote unquote perfect life 
and mm-hmm. it just all falls apart. So I'm so glad you spoke about that. It's a real powerful thing. Like I've, I've not really had a conversation with someone that's spoke about the basics like that. It's it's quite refreshing to, to talk about it actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, for to, to, to tap into the spiritual side of things for those who are into astrology, um, a lot of times people will be like, uh, they really don't like the energy of Saturn, the planet Saturn and, and how it shows up in the chart. But Saturn is the master teacher who's the disciplinarian. Mm. It's, it's the, the teacher that helps you become the warrior, to become the samurai or whatever you know, framework you want to use for that. Um, but the reason why that energy can be such a hard ass at times <laughs> uh, is because it wants you to make sure all your T's are crossed and all your I's are dotted so that as you build and you grow, the foundation that you have can sustain the abundance and the opportunities. Because if you take the shortcuts and do that all that in the beginning, when the, the thing that you really want comes, you can't hold on to it. Oh, yeah. So it's not that it doesn't come, like you're actually always being blessed, but you don't actually have the capacity for what you're asking for because you haven't built strength. Mm-hmm. You say that in everything, like when people that win, win the lottery or like the euro, whatever it is, like they basically win millions of pounds. And what happens to most of them, the statistic is like 80% or 85% of them end up broke. Why did they end up broke? Because they couldn't manage a thousand pounds or a thousand dollars. So what makes them think they can manage a hundred? It's the same principle. You have to there's the stages to success. There's, there's, there's as you said, like there's natural laws. There was laws to success. There's laws to things, and you have to sort of follow them. You can't skip steps and expect to have this thing just land on your plate because you have no idea what to do with it. So you've got to mm-hmm. sort of build that up. Now let's just link this back into purpose because I think like we've kind of gone down this direction like in a roundabout way. But one of the biggest things you talk about is like reclaiming purpose. So for me one of the biggest things i found when i was going through my depression was that i didn't really have much purpose like i felt like i was just existing as a human being and again we spoke about this on a slight level earlier on but i think a lot of people go through life in that sort of matrix completely just existing for no per- real purpose how do you get people to reclaim their purpose because this is a real powerful thing like what is reclaiming your purpose and how do you get people to try and tap into that well, so one thing I'll say first off is purpose is not a job. Um, and I say that because unconsciously pe- people think that if I'm finding my purpose, then I'm going to find that perfect career mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to have or like the thing I'm supposed to do. And that's supposed to be my purpose. <laughs> so off the bat, just saying purpose is not your job. Purpose is not a career. Um, what purpose is actually speaking to are those qualities, those characteristics of the divine that you basically with your life are showing and existing as. So at a basic level, purpose is being human. You're born, you're actually living a purpose because you're being a human. When you are more, I guess, awakened to the spiritual experience and you get to understand it like, oh, I'm actually expressing, expressing qualities of the divine, qualities of nature, whether that's joy, peace, um, uh, right leadership, um, grace, patience, you know, whatever it is that that's going to be purpose. And there's a couple of ways that you can discover what that's going to be. Um, one of the easiest ways would be looking at your natal chart in astrology. Um, specifically, I tell people to look at their North node, um, whatever sign that is, um, those qualities and characteristics of that sign are the things that you're actually wanting to embody. And it's a lifelong, um, embodiment. So, whatever context you're in, family, uh, relationships, job, career, whatever, you should be embodying those qualities. And the older you get, the easier it is for you to embody that because you are 
breaking through your, your stuff around it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but another thing that you can look at, which is really fun to do, is to dive into the etymology of your name mm. that you were born with, because that will also tell you those qualities and characteristics. You know, what is, what is the etymology? What is the root of what my, my first name means, my middle name, my family name? What is it that I'm actually embodying? Because that is purposeful. And that can really open your eyes to uh, the qualities that you see in yourself that you might've like kind of shied away from or just like dis disavowed or discounted. Um, be like, oh, okay, this is, this is actually who I am. This is my being. So to make that shorter, <laughs> purpose is not a job. I would say purpose would be um, an expression of the heart of you or the soul of you. So when people think of you, they're gonna say like, okay, you know, this person is, you know, they're happy, they are joyous, they are um, motivating or whatever, like that actually is your purpose. Like people will tell you who you are in a lot of ways. Now, because people are gonna ask, you know, what do I do, right? That gets into calling. So calling is different from purpose in that calling is a specific, contract that you've made when you came in to help transform and change the world. It's a non-negotiable. That's not something that everybody has. Everybody has purpose because that's related to you just existing, right? And just being, but calling is I'm here because I want to help change the world in this particular way. And it's going to be related to purpose because it's going to be tapped into your natural gifts and talents. Mm -hmm. That often will be some type of career or a business, um, maybe a nonprofit that you, um, you launch or whatever, but that is a really specific thing. Um, like I said, it's a non-negotiable. There usually is a defining uh, moment in someone's life when they are forced really to make that shift because it's coming from a deeper place. It's not, you know, oh, I'm deciding I'm gonna do this. It's like, no, there's a, there's a call for this. Um, and if that call is not answered, <laughs> a lot of things get, um, stripped from your life, you know, you lose relationship, you lose job because you're going to be forced to take that path because you're supposed to be serving um, the greater community, humanity at large in a certain kind of way. Um, and so that that's a very different thing. So uh, hopefully that that brings some clarity. Yeah, I found I, I, I've not done much on this. This very much like a soul contract kind of thing, where basically uh, is that kind of because uh, again, this is bizarre. I went on a date with someone and she started talking about this. I, I'd never heard of it before. But essentially, was telling me that basically people again her belief is that people come here and they basically they've got a perp again a calling like they, they come here to to do some good in in the world uh and it's bizarre isn't it that most people that you see doing the greatest good it's happened because something's happened in their life and they, they say oh i said this calling to do it so this mm -hmm. is the thing that people listen to this and again i've gone down uh, a few rabbit holes there where again people may have felt a bit lost like again whether you choose to believe this stuff or not like the, the most basic level that i would get you guys to just look into is just energy just understanding energies and yourself and just just start from there and then see where it unfolds because again when we're talking about like, astrology and names and stuff again people might not want to go to that level and again i completely understand that but just mm -hmm. start by tapping into your own energy again stuff like the meditation and that sort of stuff because once you start to learn this stuff once you start to just remove yourself from the matrix a little bit you will start to get curious on these things which is essentially what happened to me and it's just like then you start to get attracted to people coming into your life that will start to give you more guidance on these things and it's just very very bizarre how it's happened so uh, thank you for clarifying that because i didn't know much about again the, 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 your definition of purpose so that's quite mm -hmm. an interesting thing for me to actually understand that as well and actually getting people to to clarify on that it ties very much into like almost like emotional intelligence as well doesn't it almost to, to sort of mm -hmm. understand 
your emotions and people will be telling you how you're coming across. So if Adam Mikey turns around to me and says, like, Daniel, you're always angry. Well, that's not really, that's not really a good thing, but then th that, that's feedback. And if mm -hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not always angry. Well, clearly someone externally that I trust is saying that to me. I'm clearly not very emotionally intelligent. I'm clearly not in control or in tune with my emotions. Mm -hmm. I need to then maybe do some stuff on that. Is that kind of essentially a bit of a good summary of that? Yeah. And, you know, for, for folks who might be like really, really new into this journey of self-discovery and um, spirituality and stuff, um, again, keep things close to home. You don't have to like shoot so far out. So um, another thing that you can do if you're not drawn to astrology or don't want to dive into looking to your name is connect with the people that you do actually trust and whose opinion you value and ask them questions about you like ask them to tell you about yourself like what qualities you see like what um, what do you see me doing um, what do you feel my purpose is like you actually can just do that and it's a really intimate vulnerable place it will be a great thing to to deepen your relationship with people um, but again people you trust right and they'll tell you and they'll be delighted to tell you because people love loving on others. Mm -hmm. So let them love on you. Let them let them reflect back to you who you are. And then your job is to receive it. <laughs> is the thing. Mm -hmm. Your job is to see um, the fullness that they see that you again may discount. Um, but nothing is is by happenstance. Like you know, you who you have around you um, will tell you who you are. Mm -hmm um whether that's positive negative or neutral i was just about to say so it, so in that you've got to be very open to mm -hmm. hearing potentially negative feedback and again you, again if you haven't done this inner work your ego will take a massive battering and it'll want to push back and defend you so i think a key thing here that you've sort of said there is you've got to go into it with a place of you trust this person you've asked this person for their opinion you have to see it as information it's nothing personal they're trying to help you so if they say to you well do you know what sometimes you're a bit of a dick like you have to take that on board but then say oh can you give me an example of that well actually yeah. do you know what in a certain situation where it's really hot outside and something happens and i'll say something to you how you respond actually isn't and you're like, oh yeah i didn't realize i do that because sometimes people say that to me and i'm like i didn't even realize because you, you, sometimes you, you do you get caught up in your own head and you kind of yeah. you need to want to just give you that feedback of being like actually what you did there that's not really and I'm, oh yeah, actually, that's a good point. Thanks for that. So again, just be prepared for that because people don't like to hear the truth. Yeah. Like the, tr the truth is the truth, whether you like it or not. So again, just take that on board. Um, let's talk about energy management. Mm -hmm. So um, what is energy management? Again, my audience, the uh, long time listeners will know we spoke about energy before. Uh, again, so again, hopefully uh, they, 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 they know about that, but we'll have a quick recap on what is energy. Um, so what is energy? and Why do people struggle with it? Because I have been struggling myself. I think I know why I've been struggling recently, but what is energy? Why do people struggle with it? And how can people recharge their energy? So energy is, is basically um, everything that gives life and animation to things. Um, so, you know, the mitochondria in our body, the breath, the just, it's, it's the non-seen thing. And again, you feel it <laughs> if you're in touch with your body. Um, but, but that's what it is. It's, it's that which gives um, movement to life. Now, when people talk about not having energy or having low energy, what, what I really find that means is they often are not resting enough to refuel because our body has its natural cycle. Again, it is ordered, so it needs time for rest and restoration. 
before it can have a time of activity. You have to respect that. So if that's not being respected, then you're going to be low energy. And again, getting back to that, the discipline and the basics of the foundation, that will set you up for success much more easily than not having some type of structure in your day-to-day -day life. Um, but to even go deeper than that, speaking to you know the rant on how much we are connected digitally and how much we can just kind of go off on those tangents, um, we don't realize how much we consume. Mm. And when you are consuming so much mentally, emotionally, energetically, electronically, whatever, it takes time to digest. And we don't allow time for digestion. And so our, all of our systems, our minds gets bogged down, our emotions get bogged down, our physical body gets bogged down. We know what this feels like. It's called Thanksgiving <laughs> here in the <laughs> States, right? When you just like, you eat and you eat and you eat and then you have what we call the itis. And then like, you have to go take a nap because your body's like, I have to digest all the stuff that you brought in. That's also what's happening. And so when we are not um, consciously choosing what we're doing in our life and what we're committing to or over committing to um, in terms of like, you know, I have to go to this meeting and I have, I'm going to like do this project and I have to do this with the kids and all of that. We are consuming and expending so much, but we're not actually um, taking the time to be like, okay, what do I need first and foremost? Because I'm the, the linchpin for all these different things. And if I'm not taking care of myself, that means that all these things that I'm connected to that are, that are important to me are necessarily going to uh, fall by the wayside. I'm going to trip up. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to sabotage. Mm. And I'm going to think that it's something like wrong with me. And it's really just like, oh no, I don't even have a clear head mm. because I'm just like on, on the, the uh, not the windmill, the, uh, what do you call it? The rest? Uh, the, 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 tre the treadmill. The, yeah, the uh, treadmill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just on a treadmill. Um, so, you know, when we talk about energy management, it's you always have 100% of your energy all the time. But are you in control of it or are you giving it somewhere else mm. to someone else? Mm. So you will feel like you are out of control energetically if most of your energy at any given time is focused on other, okay? Assuming basics are in place, again, you're sleeping regularly, right, and all the discipline is there. But if all that's in place and you're still off kilter, that means whether mentally, emotionally, or physically, more of you is directed towards other than it is to self. How do you know that that's happening? Because I'm using right now. I'm using me as a prime example here. When you're talking, so in my head, I'm thinking, right. So I I know that my energy's been low because I've not been sleeping well. But I've not been sleeping well because I wake up at a certain time of day, and I've got a thing rattling around in my head. That same thing is what I'm consciously aware of at the minute, and I know again because I know that I'm giving my energy to it, and all day I'm essentially expelling my energy pulling myself away from giving my energy there does that make sense it's mm -hmm. so fixated on this thing and it's taking mm -hmm. so much of my energy to bring myself back mm -hmm. i'm then exhausted i then go to bed and then wake up and it's still there it's very bizarre because this, this thing's happened and it's taken a lot of my energy so i'm just using this as me an example here like when you're talking I, everything you've just said completely resonates with me and again i know i'm literally giving my energy because again where your attention goes your energy flows but my thing is, so again, maybe you can talk to, to give me some help on this. Like, so my thing is like, it's really hard for me to pull away from this thing mm -hmm. because it's hurt me so bad. I'm just like, yeah. but I need to let it go. And I, I, I know 
I'm like, yeah. and, and every day it's getting easier and easier and easier. So for me, I'm allowing myself a grace period because I think I'm just grieving, but it still yeah. doesn't, it still doesn't help with the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah, cause I was going to ask is, um, with those things, if it's a, a mental or an emotional thing, Ooh. right? So, Ooh. and it can be both cause a lot of times yeah. they will be tied together. Um, but I'm glad that you walked yourself through that because again, that that's what an emotionally mature person does mm -hmm. is they understand and like, Oh, I actually realize that I'm grieving. Mm -hmm. And so grieving is a, a digestion process because what's happening is there is a, a detaching from whatever the other was. So you can grieve the loss of a job. Obviously you can grieve the, grieve the loss of a relationship, et cetera. Um, but there's a separation and that requires energy. Um, grieving is a grief of a death of something. Mm -hmm. Death energy requires just as much energy output as creating something. Mm. It's the same. We like to think that it's different because it feels different, right? One feels negative rather than positive and exciting, but it's actually the same. So when you're going through any type of grieving process, that is actually taking up. Honestly, what you just said there is giving me complete chills and goosebumps. Like yeah. absolutely, you've literally, you've, you've literally hit my soul there. Sorry, Kelly, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, that, that's not an apology, but also um, I'm glad you said that because that's the way that you know, your body tells you the yes. Okay, so you don't need to have that affirmed by anyone else. Your physical body will tell you like, okay, this resonates because I'm giving you this reaction. Mm -hmm. But it requires the same energy. So if you're in a death process, you have to respect that process and know that that's where the energy is going. And the more you can actually lean into it, i.e. give it uh, the respect that it requires and understand that that's what you're going through, the faster the process will actually go which will then free up your energy back to what you prefer, which is the creative side. But it is a dance. Like you can't have creation or the creative energy without the death energy. But you can purposefully work with it um, so that you feel like you're a little bit more in control. And that's in terms of a regular everyday practice, the importance of releasing things. Mm. You know, what does, that, what does that look like? So, um, you know, that stack of papers that we, we like to have on the side of our desks. It's just like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Like actually get to it and, and release the energy because it actually is taking up space to manage that. Um, that little corner in the closet that you just choose not to clean. You're like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Like actually clean it, clean out the car. Like just get rid of the things that don't matter in a big way, but they do actually matter because you are managing it because it's under your jurisdiction. It's your responsibility to care of. So just release the energy and free yourself up. Um, but yeah, grieving is, we, we do have to respect that. And I think that, especially with the pandemic, um, folks have had to come front and center with death and with the grieving process in general. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us have realized that, oh, I don't actually know how to navigate this because I'm used to being able to pull out of something really quickly or to shift to something quickly. Um, but maybe, this is the first time in my life where I've actually lost something that was so, uh, that I've been so deeply connected to, i.e. a person has passed, mm -hmm. right? And so when there's been an investment, we're also not in time, but if there's a deep mental or emotional or physical investment in something that leaves you, um, you have to respect that that requires a lot to pull away from 
and to heal from. Mm. And the time that it takes is just going to be the time that it takes. That's not something we have control over, unfortunately. Of all the podcast episodes I've ever done, ever, that is, that is the best advice for me personally I've ever been given. Like genuinely talking there, I nearly burst into tears because you were literally like the stuff you said to me, I needed to hear it because I know this stuff and I've been saying it to myself. As you said, I've got the uh, the awareness to understand what's going on. But Joe, when you're going through it still, you're kind of doubting yourself. And what you just said there and some of the nuggets you've just said, I just want to say th- for me personally, thank you very much because the stuff that you said there has just confirmed a lot of stuff to me. Um, and again, it's like you said there, it's like I've got this emotional intelligence, but I've never had to deal with this situation and because I'm this version of me that, again, I've gone through so much stuff, but I've never mm-hmm. gone through this as this version of me. So it hits differently. And because it yes. is differently, it's just a bit like, although you know stuff, and I've, I've done podcasts on grief. So that's how mm-hmm. I knew that's what I was going through. Mm-hmm. It's different between listening to a podcast, knowing what you're going through, and still being able to navigate it, if that makes sense. And again, yes. I think that's where a lot of people, again, like myself and people not necessarily on this journey as well, it's that confusion of knowing what they're going through and being like, well, when's it get better? Even though you're doing all the right things, if that makes sense, like, well, when does this get better? And you could be said there, it gets better when it gets better, essentially. Yeah, yeah and and well, the, the beautiful thing with um, where we are now in human society and, and the way we've been able to categorize the different processes that we go through, you know, we have the stages of grief. Mm. And so, um, and this is one of the things that you learn just from watching nature as well, too. If you know where you are, you automatically know the next step. Oh yeah. So if we know we're in spring right now, spring is gonna last however long it's gonna last. We know in general it's gonna be about three months, right? Um, But we know what's next is gonna be summer because that's the order of the universe. So depending on what stage you are in whatever process of grief that you're in, you know, okay, this is the stage that I'm in. I don't like it, but this is where I am. And I know what the next stage is gonna be. And that can be an anchor of um, providing stability and safety and a little bit more peace inside because you don't feel like, okay, where, where am I? Like, you know, what's next or whatever, because that induces fear. And instead, I'd rather, I'd rather you be frustrated and angry in the process because that's fuel and that's fire to help you push through rather than to collapse in, which is what can happen when you get overwhelmed by fear of not knowing. Um, so if anyone is going through a process of grief, I invite you to research the stages of grief and to see like, okay, where, where am I landing right now? And if I know that I'm here, then I know that in general, in general, this is most likely gonna be the next stage. Okay, I know where I'm going. Mm. How can I support myself here? And how can I also set up support for that next stage? Because I know I'm going there so I can set the experience or the container for what I want to experience mm. um, now that I know where I'm going. Mm. And I don't have to, enter into this new territory without any kind of support that was extremely powerful and another thing that just pops into my head there from another podcast that they were saying that uh, grief is the most patient emotion so if you know that something like this happened like just just let it happen because the more you try and suppress it the worse it will get and it will come out at some point in your life whether it's 10 15 20 years it will come out and it'll find a weird way and potentially be destructive then but at least if you know right at the very essence like i did this is happening Right, let's just let it happen, and you just go on that roller coaster ride rather than trying to suppress it down. Um, this generally has been incredible. Oh, one more thing with this, yes. I'll say too, um, and I'll say this because I I can feel that this whatever this pain has been hard. Um, 
the longer we grieve, it really speaks to how deeply we loved and how deeply we cared. Mm. Mm. So also don't necessarily feel the need to rush through that process because if it's taking a long time, it tells you how deeply, again, you cared, you loved, you were in, how much you valued, whatever the person place thing was. I needed to so hear that. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because yeah. I needed I needed to hear that. Yeah. That was uh that that's brought me a lot of peace actually. Mate, that's mad, isn't it? Mate. Mate, that, honestly, that is, that, you've yeah, done a month with that. That's why I had to say that, because it's the grieving is not just the loss of, again, person, place, or thing. It's, it's the grieving of how deeply you were able to show up. Mm. Bloody hell. Yeah, no, uh, honestly. Um, my, 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 final, my final question that I ask all my, my guests, um, what advice would you give to someone who feels stuck and out of control with their life right now? Control what you have control over. Love that. Which is yourself. Love that. And again, it goes back to everything we spoke about. Yeah, it's if you feel out of control, it's because you're out of, you are recognizing having to face the fact that you don't have control over a lot of things external to you. And you have to actually accept that. I don't think a lot of people accept that. <laughs> right. So you have to accept that. And then you also have to accept the fact that the only thing I do have control over is myself and what I'm responsible for. So if you are going to go on the path of, I need to empower myself, I want to be stronger, I want to be confident and whatever, take responsibility, take control of what is yours, which is you. And that's it. And that's, that's where you'll find your footing. And then from there, you can, um, over time, create new places where you have more power in other things like power of leadership power and whatever like that can come later but it always starts with you if you and i mean it circles back to what you said about the money you know if somebody wins a lottery if you can't manage or know what to do with a thousand you're not going to know how to manage a million so if you can't manage yourself in whatever ways that you have available to you to manage you're not going to be able to have control over your career path or like having that perfect relationship or, or what have you like it's just not going to happen mm. so the basics are not the basics like so I'm sure if for those who are like into martial arts or you know the eastern um, philosophies you probably heard the saying what does the master do before enlightenment chop wood carry water mm. what does the master do after enlightenment chop wood carry water that's the path I love that. Honestly, th this has been incredible. Um, where can people find out more information about you? Uh, you can visit me on my website, innersunalchemy.com. Awesome. I get my and I'm also on uh, Instagram. <coughs> Excuse me, if people are on Instagram, same, all one word, innersunalchemy. Awesome. I'll get Mikey to put all the, um, the links to the bottom of the screen so people can check that out. Honestly, thank you ever so much for your time today. It's been incredible. Yeah, thank you. This has been lovely. And I'm glad I was able to help you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> 